had a small digital camera that I threw away last year. The batteries had become corroded, I was only able to get one battery out of the camera, and I threw it in the trash because it had become useless to me. I didn't think it was any big deal, but then I started doing research on e-waste, and I came to discover that in 2019, 53.6 million tons of e-waste was created. There are 53 million people living in Kenya. That means that for each person in the population of Kenya in 2019, more than one ton of e-waste was produced. I am absolutely astounded by the way we have come to casually destroy the earth, the planet that we call home. Of that e-waste, only 17% was recycled in a sustainable manner. The other 83% went into landfills and poured disease-producing toxins into our earth. I am going to be joined tonight by my computer, an iMac that was built in 2011, sold, and then returned to Apple. It was then refurbished, and I purchased it in 2012. We're going to talk about the constantly growing problem of e-waste, and hopefully we will also be able to start discussing some of the ways that we can combat this rapidly growing problem. Welcome and thank you for joining me for Tea Then Talk this evening. You know, of all the guests that I'm ever going to have, you're probably the one that's going to see me drink more cups of tea than anybody else sitting here on top of my desk. But you're also the only one that I will never actually be able to share a cup of tea with. But anyway, how are you doing this evening? I am doing rather well. Thank you for asking. Most people don't bother to check the well-being of an elderly computer like myself. I may be only 10 years old, but I am sure you have noticed that I have slowed down quite a bit since we first met. You're on the show tonight to talk about e-waste. Can you tell me what e-waste is? Well, I'll be waste eventually. The E stands for electronic. Any item that gets its power from batteries or cables with plugs will eventually become e-waste. I know I won't last forever, but you need to keep in mind that I am made of heavy metals such as lead, lead, mercury, chromium, cobalt, nickel, thallium, cadmium, all kinds of different nasty stuff, right? Unfortunately, devices like me, that camera you mentioned throwing out last year, Cell phones, printers, tablets, a lot of toys, medical devices, and so many other electronics are designed to become obsolete. Yeah, that's planned obsolescence. Most companies create software that older devices can't run, forcing consumers to give up older models for newer, sleeker upgrades. You have no idea how dumb I sometimes feel when I can't handle the updates you try to download for me. Oh, I'm sorry that I make you feel that way, but... The way devices are designed these days, it's hard to do upgrades on my own. It's not your fault, but I worry about how much longer you're going to want me. When is my usefulness gonna run out, you know? Yeah, I know. Thinking about how I could go from helping you to hurting others if I end up in a landfill is painful for me. I can be harmful to totally unsuspecting people who live nearby. Through inhalation, skin exposure, 
and ingestion, mitoxins can cause illness which may lead to brain damage and even kill the people exposed to them. If I am recycled properly, I can provide many useful elements that can be reused. Think about it. Why are so many electronics so expensive? Lots of people donate their organs when they die, and some even donate while they are still living. I can't be a living donor, but my guts contain copper, iron, silver, and even gold. Every electronic device has some recoverable monetary value that can be salvaged by specialists at WEE recycling centers however, most electronics end up getting shipped out of first world countries and get dumped in landfills in third world countries. Well who even does that? It's like, if you don't want your trash in your own yard, you can't just stick it in your neighbor's yard, right? As the only developed country that has not ratified the Basel Convention, which was created to minimize the transfer of hazardous waste from first world to third world countries, the United States has agreements that allow it to ship hazardous waste to developing countries. Many other wealthy countries send about 23% of their e-waste to developing countries each year, disregarding the ratification of the Basel Convention by the European Union and 186 states. So basically you're telling me that putting your trash in your neighbor's yard is not that uncommon. What actually happens to the electronics that get put into those landfills? In addition to its health hazards, informal recycling can pose security risks, because while formal recyclers in the US usually require wiping devices clean of data, informal recycling does not. Some of the time e-waste in forward landfills falls into the hands of criminals when they search e-waste for credit card numbers and other financial and personal information. For example, Government contracts and lucrative agreements with the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, the Transportation Security Administration and Homeland Security have been found on hard drives in Agbogblashi, an e-waste center in Ghana. I know you get a ton of calls, several a day, from callers who claim to be from a healthcare department, card member services and even the Social Security Administration. So that's where these guys are getting my information? I mean, yeah, you do hear me answering those calls all the time, people saying that they're calling from the healthcare department or card services, trying to get my credit card number or my Medicare number. So I guess they're just trying to fill in whatever information that they need in order to commit fraud and use my information for their own purposes. What really makes me sad is that there are also honest people trying to make a living off of what we are. I mean, the way that wealthy countries are abusing the underdeveloped countries by selling improperly recycled items which they have dismantled, refurbished, and repaired. With about 75% of households in Gaiyu, China involved in the recycling business, it is often referred to as the e-waste capital of the world. Informal recycling is also practiced in India, Nigeria, Ghana and the Philippines. But why does that make you sad? I mean, at least some of the people in these other countries are benefiting from what we're doing to them, actually able to make a living off of the electronics that we discard improperly. They do not wear protective equipment and lack any awareness that they are handling dangerous materials. Research has found that inhaling toxic chemicals and direct contact with hazardous e-waste materials can occur, even in some formerly waste recycling settings. Wow, yeah I really hadn't thought of it that way. That's really horrible. 
This is particularly horrific because it can cause increases in spontaneous abortions, stillbirths, premature births, reduced birth weights, mutations, congenital malformations, abnormal thyroid function, increased lead levels in blood, decreased lung function, and neurobehavioral disturbances. Humankind is not kind to humans. No, sadly we're really not. It seems like those who have all that they need are always trying to grab as much as they can from those who barely have anything. You are causing physical and mental defects to the next generation. E-waste toxins also cause contamination of the air, soil and groundwater. Over 5% of the world's municipal solid waste is e-waste. There are so many kinds of electronics that humans don't even think of because of the low-level interaction with things like lamps, plug-in air fresheners, wall clocks and wristwatches, all kinds of personal care items and kitchen gadgets, and some musical instruments. It could be more than half the items in the average first world human household. For lots of these things, the adage of reduce, reuse, recycle could be the key, especially if you add repair to those options. Whoa, I'm improperly disposing of a lot more than just digital cameras. I mean, I've thrown away all kinds of things that are electronics that I didn't even think about as electronics. You mentioned a term earlier. W-E-E-E -E -E Recycling? What is that? W-E-E-E -E Recycling stands for Waste of Electrical and Electronic Equipment Recycling. For anything that is irreparably broken, the e-waste should be recycled to reclaim reusable materials. I'm guessing there are all kinds of things that I shouldn't have been throwing away, that I could have recycled, or even that I could have had repaired so that somebody else could use it, or so that I could keep using it. Tonight, I have been discussing the growing problem of e-waste with my 2011 refurbished iMac computer. After a short break, we're going to start discussing some of the ways that we can combat this problem and the things that you can do to take good care of your electronics and what you can do when you're ready to move on. What kind of things can be repaired? Cell phones, computers, TVs. DVD players, stereos, and printers are among the most common electronic products that can be refurbished or recycled. Others include microwaves, refrigerators, air conditioners, lamps, toys, video game consoles, and power tools. Well, I definitely have to admit that I have not been doing a very good job of reusing or repairing items that could have been passed on to someone else. What about items that can't be repaired? What's the best way to handle those? Even when electronic items have run through our first round usefulness, we want to be organ donors just like anyone else. While our parts might not be used to repair other items all the time, basic raw materials can be reclaimed to reduce the cost of mining and refining for the production of new devices. As much as 35,000 pounds of copper, 33 pounds of palladium, 772 pounds of silver, and 75 pounds of gold can be collected from the proper recycling of approximately 1 million cell phones. This also reduces pollution and the generation of greenhouse gases. Unfortunately, only about 15 to 20 percent of all e-waste is recycled internationally. In the United States, 
The average rate of recycling e-waste is a bit higher, approaching 25%. However, most electronic waste still ends up in landfills or gets incinerated, wasting useful resources and releasing toxic chemicals and other pollutants, such as lead, mercury, and cadmium, into the soil, groundwater, and atmosphere to the detriment of the environment. Global e-waste production totaled nearly 45 million pounds on SEN 2016, and we know that the amount grew to 53.6 million pounds in 2019. About 14% of worldwide waste is produced in the United States. So what is supposed to happen to e-waste? I mean, when proper recycling practices are implemented, what becomes of our e-waste? E-waste that is recycled in the U.S. is actually shipped to outer countries for retrieval of raw materials for use in new products. What does that look like? What actually happens during the processing of e-waste? When e-waste is recycled, the first step is usually mechanically shredding divided into what basically equates to a metal and plastic mulch. Shredded materials have to go through a variety of steps to separate the different types of material, as each category has to be processed in a different way, using different technologies. In some instances, the e-waste mulch is processed on a converter belt with a strong overhead magnet. The bits of steel and iron are pulled away unprocessed for resale as recycled steel. Circuit boards, copper and aluminum are harvested through additional, mechanical processing. Even the machines used for processing e-waste will eventually be processed by newer machines being used to process e-waste. Yeah, that's kind of weird to think about. It's kind of like you we have, have our own circle of life. At this point, the mulch comprises mostly of glass and plastic. Water processing is used to float away the plastic and provide access to the glass. One group of scientists is pulverizing e-waste into nanodust by cooling the various materials, then grinding them up into homogeneous powders that are easy to reuse. Canada-based Ronin 8 has developed a technology that uses sonic vibrations and recycled water which minimizes the waste of water and energy for separating metals from non-metals. Finally, any metal still clinging to the plastic is retrieved to further filter the material stream. Once all the materials are separated, they are prepared to be sold and used to create new electronics and many other types of products. But how much of a difference does this make? Is the rapid rate at which humans replace their electronics ever going to be sustainable? When my generation came onto the market, we were the all-in-eye and e-computer with the thinnest edge, we used less raw materials, and followed the trend of ever-shrinking electronics that were crammed with more power and capabilities than the previous model. As electronics become more compact and more convenient, the profit margins for recyclers continue to fall. That means that basically, even though our electronics keep on getting smaller, we're not recycling enough material to sustain even those smaller electronics. We actually need to be putting back a lot more resources as recycled products because the consumption of electronics keeps on growing even as the actual electronics themselves keep on shrinking. We're going to have to keep on digging raw materials out of the earth in order to sustain our consumption. 
Another obstacle is that many newer products are manufactured in ways that make it more difficult to recycle, repair, or reuse them. What we need now is several drastic changes in manufacturing. The most important change would be to use less toxic materials. Stanford University has a team of chemical engineers working on the development of electronic circuits that can be dissolved in weak acid solutions. That sounds fascinating. I'd really like to learn more about that. One thing that I definitely want to learn more about as well is what they're doing at ifixit.org. They have manuals for all kinds of different electronics so that people can repair them at home. And they also encourage taking your electronics to repair shops because all repair jobs are local jobs. You can't outsource that to a different country. And it would really help the economy if more people would take their old electronics in for repair so they can be reused by other people. I just found out that in the United States alone, 416,000 cell phones are discarded every day. In the meantime, there are 2.5 billion people who don't have cell phones, who don't have internet access, who can't even post a resume online because they can't get on the internet. And we throw these cell phones away because we don't need them, but we don't think about the other people that could use them to completely change and revitalize their lives. The UN has declared internet access to be a basic human right. And at ifixit.org, they are trying to add to that the right to repair your electronics. Without being able to repair electronics, a lot of people can't get access to the internet. And most manufacturers cram their devices full of proprietary bloatware, which actually makes repair of many of these devices illegal. Yeah. I really appreciate what they are doing at ifixit.org. I recommend checking out the information they have to offer, especially if you want to extend my usefulness as a computer, as well as to extend your budget. You should tell your listeners to check out ifixit.org. I think you just told my listeners to check out ifixit.org. Oh, I guess I just did. Yeah. No worries though. I still get to tell them that I'm including a link for ifixit.org in the description for this episode of Teeth and Talk. So things are looking pretty bleak in the United States, but I know that other countries are taking measures to combat the e-waste problem. Can you tell me about some of that? Hong Kong is a major producer of e-waste, as well as being a prime dumping ground for equals waste from the US, and therefore deals with roughly 77,000 tons of e-waste each year. Well, actually, around 80% of that is sent to Africa and Southeast Asia for recycling. It has just instituted a producer responsibility system that will require suppliers and sellers of electronics to pay for the removal, collection, handling and proper disposal of items. Through a partnership with the United Nations Development Program, China's largest internet company, Baidu, developed a smartphone app called Baidu Recycle. Chinese users can enter the size and upload of an item they want to recycle, along with the date it's to be picked up from a specified address. Requests are processed within 24 hours, and an accredited recycler will pick it up. 11,000 devices were recycled in the first two months of app activity. That sounds like an excellent option, and now that I think about it, 
it's not exactly like EcoATM, but what EcoATM does, they have kiosks in Kroger stores and Walmarts and different retailers all over the United States. And people can bring in their MP3 players, tablets, and old cell phones. The machine will then inspect and evaluate the item, search markets for secondhand use of those items, and make a cash offer on the spot so that you can ethically recycle your items and get cash for them. Making ethical recycling accessible and eliminating the excuse that it's too inconvenient will allow more people to make good decisions about how they dispose of their electronic items. And before you ask, I am including a link to the EcoATM website in the description notes for this episode. E-waste still has such a negative effect on the environment and the people that have to work with it, though. It would be so nice if there were more ways to protect the people that have to handle these recyclable items, because they're still full of a lot of toxins. Yeah, India and China are considering strategies to synthesize informal recycling and formal recycling to reduce the health and environmental hazards of the informal system. Informal recycling needs to be retained as it supports so many people. Informal recyclers can potentially be provided with financial incentives to divert e-waste to formal collection or recycling centers. For example, they could be paid more to deliver cathode ray tube screens to a formal collection center than they would get for dismantling it by hand themselves. Staying safe and healthy should always be more lucrative and easier than putting oneself at risk. There are still far too many issues with manufacturing. Manufacturers need to be held responsible for the way that products are becoming more difficult to repair and more difficult to recycle. They're using less materials, yes, but they are being used in such a way that they cannot be reused easily. I've been reading a lot about the circular economy where manufacturers will have to buy back their products to do the recycling themselves and reuse the components that they've put into the product to make their new product. This is a measure that I think will really make them think about what happens when their products become obsolete and how those products need to be able to be used again. I think that is kind of the gist of the circular economy anyway. Yes, that would also be a really good option. I am reeling a little bit better about my end-of-life options. Overall, I'm so glad you invited me to talk with you tonight. This is very important to me, to know that you are considering ways to ensure that I won't go on to cause harm to others once I am no longer your computer. I want my parts to continue to help others for as long as possible. I hope that whatever machines my components become a part of will also be repaired reused and recycled for a very long time. Thanks again to my refurbished 2011 iMac computer for the insights and information on e-waste. I have learned quite a lot on the journey of preparing this episode of Teeth and Talk, and I hope that it has been very informative for you. Please check out the links in the description and take serious consideration as you prepare to move on from the electronics that you're using now to newer models. Thanks for listening.